Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. So years ago, I get this opportunity. I had a client in St. Louis and he wanted me to buy his business. This was a retailing operation. And I had a, an older man, a mentor who was in Springfield, Missouri. So I called him and I said, man, I don't, I can't see myself in St. Louis. Now there's a lot about St. Louis. that's really cool. You know, the Hill where the killer Italian food is and all, but I'm like, man, I just can't see myself. I just can't see myself. I'm a Southern guy. You know, it's just, it's not, it's not Southern. And he made a comment to me and I was a younger guy. And he said, I, you do, you do well. He said, you know, you're a spark plug. And I said, really? He said, spark oh yeah. Plug. He said, you're a spark plug. He said, anywhere you go. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to be a, you're going to be a spark plug. You know, you're going to bring energy to it. And it always, it, it just stuck with me. Now that was 30 years ago. And I have caught myself using that since, and even sometimes challenging clients. You can be a spark plug if you want to be, you don't have to be, you can be something else, but in our workplaces and in our teams and in the culture that we're trying to create as leaders, you've got to have spark plugs. If we've got, you know, if we, our, our mower this past summer, Rhonda goes out there, it, it wouldn't start, wouldn't start, wouldn't start. So I buy a new spark plug, put the new spark plug in cranks up first time. So you don't have it. Motor won't go. And our teams and our cultures and our workplaces are exactly the same thing. And the interesting thing, and once he said that to me and it kind of opened, opened my eyes and I started, I started kind of looking at my world and it was really easy. I mean, think about it. It's really easy to pick out who the spark plugs are. We know who they are and we absolutely positively know who's not. That's true. And I started looking at this and thinking, <laughs> why are they a spark plug and why aren't they a spark plug? And more often than not, it had nothing to do in my, in, in my experience, it didn't have anything to do with technical prowess. It didn't have anything to do with skills. It didn't, it might've had they're built. Well, it may have had something to do with personality, but I looked beyond that because I'm an, I'm this introvert and overt extroversion it's kind of off-putting to a guy like me because right. We can immediately look at somebody who's kind of this Zig Ziglar, you know, rah, rah, high, high energy person and go, well, they're a spark plug. Well, they could be, but it transcends that, you know? So I started looking and thinking, okay, there really are, there's spark plugs and then there's not a spark plug. Oh, well, what's the there difference? are, and then there are not. Yeah. And as a leader, <laughs> As a leader, we've absolutely got to be the, a spark plug. Otherwise, why are we there? 
but then as we're looking at our people, so I started thinking about how, how do we develop that? How can we foster that? How can we help inspire people that aren't a spark plug to be a spark plug? And you and I've talked about this before, but listen, all, all of these principles, they're absolutely so worth repeating because they're hard. They're hard. They're easy to talk about, you know, to implement them, to come to work today or to go to work in the morning and put these things into practice is more difficult because if it weren't, everybody would be doing it. And well, the truth and even, is everybody's not doing it. Even more, it's easier to put it into practice and harder to keep it in practice. Yeah. So that's an even harder step. So you take the hard step of just implementing something, then it's implementing it well and keeping it going uh, or identifying when it needs to be changed again. You know, and for the, the same concept of a spark plug, I'm not sure I want, I've got 13 staff members. I don't want 13 spark plugs. I definitely need a few, right, to keep us running. But each style, each contribution, each um, differing strength brings value to the team. So I just, I also don't want 13 spark plugs because I would be exhausted. Well, it depends, on how you it, define, right? yeah, it depends on how you define the, the spark plug. You know, you could, you could define it as, you know, you make a, you're going to make a positive difference e everywhere you go, mm -hmm. anywhere you are, you're going to make a positive difference. Well, in that context, you absolutely want everybody to be a spark plug. Sure. You know, when, it, if it comes to, you know, if it comes to being a spark plug in the traditional sense that I think a lot of us think about it, you know, kind of rallying the troops and whatnot. Okay. Well, there've got to be troops to rally. That's right. You know, so if you're going to have a parade, okay, there's the drum major who's at the front. And then there's all these people that are playing the instruments. Well, they've all got their part to play. Yeah. But the drum major doesn't have an instrument in his hand. That's right. There's no, he's not creating any music at all but he's pivotal yeah, he's yeah. direct, he's yeah. directing the whole thing. So in that context, no, you don't want 14 drum majors, you know, because otherwise you got no sound, you got no, there's no music being played. Yeah. And same concept with the mower, you, you, you got yeah. the spark plug is critical, but if you don't have the pull chain yeah. or you don't have the blade, you still ain't going to do anything. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so it's, it's critical. It's a component that you That's definitely right. want to have. And I think that's what's important here is is recognizing that we definitely need the spark plugs. We need those pivotal people. Uh, I call them the go-tos. Those are your go-tos that offer strength, stability. They they make things tick. They have the whole picture in mind. You know, and that's what I'm kind of thinking when you say spark yeah, plug. Right. They get it. They get you. They get others. They they're just pivotal and critical to the success of the team as a component of it, but they are not the only success to the team. Yeah. Well, right? and that's the big, that's the big conversation. The big conversation is the pivotal role. Well, let's make it positive. The positive role that anybody and everybody on the team can play because the flip side is we've all experienced teams and maybe you're on one right now. And there's that toxic person. That's There's right. that person that's just the opposite of the spark plug. They just suck all the life out of the room. They're the wet grass that just bogs yeah. it all down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, See, so, I know a little bit, Randy. Yeah. So you, 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 there's addition by subtraction. 
That's right. You you've you've got to get you got to get them out of the team. I mean, if they won't convert to being a positive, this is easy for me to say, but I've practiced it all my career. Yeah, I just don't tolerate them. Yeah, I just don't put up. I just don't put up with them because they'll ruin your spark plugs. That's right. I mean, it's you get enough right. oil on the spark plug, it's it's toast. So what it once was able to do, it will no longer be able to do. Okay, so let's make the big conversation here. These teams of people and all these various roles that people have. Right. We've talked a little bit before about purpose and making sure that people understand how they fit and how they can make a positive difference. Let's start with the fact that that's true. Everybody does make a difference. And now what kind of difference are they making? Because you, you've had team members that weren't always positive. No, correct. I think all of us have. I can't imagine anybody listening that hasn't had a person they can name that was destructive. Yeah, I don't care. We all face them. If you've been in a career at any, for more than a year, you have observed somebody that was destructive to the team. Yeah. And we hope that you're not looking at them when you look in the mirror. Right. (laughs) That is true. That's happening. Then, well, okay. You got deeper, you got deeper problems and our our (laughs) podcast can probably help you with, but well, so, so as, as you lead as, as a director of HR for a, a significantly sized city. Mm-hmm. And you see all the teams that exist and have existed in in your career. I mean, what are what are some what are some key points as we think about if we think about a spark plug person being that positive contributor versus the one that that doesn't contribute or the one that even worse yet is toxic? I sent you, I texted you, and I need to put it in. Somebody had shot a video. Did you see this thing in the construction crew? Mm-mm. So there's this construction crew. It's, it's super funny. I'll have to post it in the show notes. You have to be I saw, sure. I saw you posted. I couldn't get it to play. Well, yesterday. you have to be sure to check out growgreat.com. Just find this episode. So this construction crew, they've got this big contraption that they're, they're moving and there's a guy and he's got his safety vest on. He's got his hard hat on and he is he's, he never touches this big item that they're trying to lift and maneuver, but he's moving around frantically. He, his hands are in front of him as though he's got his hands on it. And as though he's helping his hands are no closer than a foot away at all times. And, and he's, he's acting like he's part of the team he's contributing. And at the end, you know, one of the other team members, they high five, the man never touched the, he never touched this device that they're moving around and it was like and somebody had captioned it you know we've all got team we've all got colleagues like this you know and we do so yes and we can name them yeah so in this case so here's a worker okay toxic no but he's not helping yeah he's not helping he's he's wanting credit for having helped lift this thing even though he never touched it yeah. So we've all we've all got that. He was present, so he wanted part of the recognition. Yeah, he was I, there, and he had the safety vest and the helmet on. But other well, than that, he didn't do much. We I sent a quote that's helpful um, to you, Randy. That that is the opposite of the spark plug, and it's the culture of any organization is shaped by the worst behavior the leader is willing to tolerate. So you think about that versus the spark plug. If you're if you're 
relying upon your spark plug to to provide the energy and efficiency and the spark to get things done, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're a component of your team that's positive. The very opposite and more destructive, that more damage can be done by the person you're willing to tolerate with the bad behavior than the spark plug can ever accomplish on its own. No the, question. The, does that make sense? Oh, and I, so I've lived the, it. I know it. Makes that's sense. right. And And we try to correct that. But if you as a leader in your organization, allow people to perform poorly and behave poorly for any duration of time. And, and, and do, I call them, do not work them out and do not take action to correct behaviors that are poor and not aligned with your culture, your values, your mission, whatever that looks like in your group and your team and at whatever level you are. Um, they will do more destruction on the back end, and usually than you'll ever know, than the spark plug can accomplish on their own on the front end. Well, and and in my experience, even even perhaps worse yet, we can assume that that spark plug, they're always going to be a spark plug. That's right. It's just it's just who they are. And more often than not, in my experience, we're right. What we don't always think is, but they're losing their spark here. Right. And you're fixing to lose them. Yeah. That spark gonna, plug's about, about like your mower. It's about yeah. to quit working. Well, they're going to lost its spark and it's like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm worn people, out. And people that are wired like that. And I would right. hope that the majority of our audience is because you clearly are interested in improvement for That's yourself right. and for your team. Otherwise you're not going to be listening to us. Mm-hmm. And so for those of us that are really motivated to try to grow and improve our own careers, our own our own person and the people around us and are driven to listen to these and participate in these kinds of conversations. It can be who you are, but you can be in a situation. I could go, something could be going on in my mower and it could be throwing all kind of oil onto the, onto that part of the plug that's inside the, the engine Well, covered coated with oil. It ain't going to spark. Right. I don't care what you do. It's just not going to spark. No matter so, how hard it tries. No. So you've got to fix the problem that's extinguishing the ability of that plug to spark. Are you, you're never going to have a mower that works or any kind of internal engine that, that'll work in that same way. I have absolutely been guilty. I have looked at top performers, spark plugs, and just thought, you know, they're, they're good. I know I got this other problem over here. I know I got this person over here who's toxic and who's a real drag, but they'll be able to overcome this and you put it off and you don't deal with it. And I can almost guarantee you any seasoned leader that's listening to us has experienced this as well, because I can't, I can't think of a leader I've ever talked to that didn't experience it because I know I did. You put it off and you put it off and you don't take action until you realize you're about to lose your spark plug. And it's like, you do. Uh-oh. You do. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you do everything. Now all of a sudden you're in scramble mode. You're scrambling the jets, right? You're, you're trying to attack this problem that you've been putting off and putting off thinking how oh, it's not, I mean, how, how negative is negatively is it affecting them? Well, when you find out it's super negative, 
and they're ready to bail and go find some other place because they don't, they don't feel the spark the way they need to feel it. Then all of a sudden you go into action. So yeah, we cannot put off, we can't continue to tolerate bad performance, bad behavior. There's just so, so much to risk when we do. Yeah. When you, You've just got to address the issues. Um, Like you said, I'm guilty of it as well. I put a lot of effort into trying to grow people to be great. Our very, the very nature of the podcast to try to build them up. If I see uh, a weakness or I call it a gap, if I see a gap, I really make it, um, you know, I talk with them about it. This is what I'm seeing. Do you see the same? And, and I commit to try to work on that with them. Now, sometimes I, it depends on the person. Sometimes they appreciate hearing it, although it's painful and they definitely are committed to work with you to make it better because they want themselves the, the epitome of a, a great leader long-term and a great worker is their ability to recognize a gap and want to make it better so that they can improve themselves. Any leader or a solid employee that you have should take that approach um, and likely does. The poor performers, on the other hand, I've had the same conversation. So here's a gap. And all they their immediate response is you you must you must be misunderstanding, or they deflect that that wasn't me. That was because of the team is doing XYZ. That's because of the culture is XYZ. That's because you didn't give me the tools I need to do XYZ. It's always a deflection and never an acknowledgement that you might have a you might have something you could actually be doing better. Those are the ones as I've gone through my career that I still try to help to a point, but at the point when it's destructive to the team, um, and I, I can say this over my career, the longer you have allowed it to go, the more you can lose the great people on your team quickly. Um, and, and I've, I've been guilty of it. I I work so hard to try to make people the best they can be that there are moments that in looking back, I say, gosh, I should have, I should have nipped that in the bud quicker. Thankfully, I didn't lose people because of it, but definitely got very close. Um, and I was in a position where fortunately they trusted me and I could have team members come saying, I don't think you realize how bad this is. And we must, you know, as a team, we must do something or we're going to lose key players. And when you have people you trust and people you value significantly that are telling you that, that, that uh, immediately was a red flag that, okay, maybe I don't realize how bad it's been, but I trust them. They're honest. They don't blow things out of proportion. And I need to get this handled and handled quickly. And we did that. Unfortunately, I'm in a good place in a good city that when I went to city leadership, uh, they supported me as well. So, um, but I had to tell them it's it's worse than I suspected. And this cannot continue or we're going to lose our spark plugs because of this toxic individual that is creating something I did not recognize. The And it's interesting, like you said, I think I think one time when you and I spoke, you, you said, well, the question always becomes with leaders. Um, you know, are they going to, are they going to, and I forgot how you phrased it, have a funeral or have a hot dog roast, you know, after what do you call it? (laughs) Well, listen, for a simple guy like me, that's always been my barometer. And I don't remember. I mean, I've, I've, I've used that for years and years when they're gone. Are we going to have a funeral? Are we all going to be sad? 
and mm-hmm. sorrowful and think, man, what a loss. Or are we going to break out the marshmallows and have some oars? You know, I mean, are we going to have a weenie roast? Yeah. Because it's going to be one or the other. Right. And for me, that's just a real, uh, it's just a, it's just a good barometer. I think even for us to look in the mirror right, and ask ourselves if I'm gone, it's not, uh, we're all replaceable. It's not about being irreplaceable, but it is about being missed. Yeah. Everybody you want to have to us, left a positive mark. Well, you've got team members and we've all got team members, everybody listening. We've got team members and man, if they were not there, our teams would be dramatically worse off. Right. You know, those are spark plugs. That's These right. high performers that make the, the, the whole thing work, work better. Their absence, man, we're, we're having a, a long memorial service. That's right. You know, if they're gone, you've got other team members. Everybody does that. Yeah, okay. Maybe you don't have a weenie roast, but I mean, man alive. How sad is it that if somebody's gone from a team, the team just, eh, you know, it's a, it's a meh shrug moment. Right. That's, right. that's, that's pretty sad as a leader. And especially as somebody in, in HR, I personally don't believe Yes, I believe that some people can be bent toward being a spark plug. That is, they can have great work ethic. They can be, they can operate with high integrity. They really want to do a good job. They really want to succeed. And they've got some of these intrinsic things, but they can be a spark plug and not be the most charismatic personality in the room. Mm -hmm. But I think like leadership, man, so much of it is learned. So much of it can be taught either through mentorship or just through observation and trying to pattern ourselves mm-hmm. after, after somebody, if you're trying to develop and we're going to define for this question, a spark plug is being a high performer. What are some, what are some things that you, that you have found that you can do as a leader that can help facilitate that growth in somebody to take them from here to there? Assuming, of course, that they're, they're willing, because if they're they not, want, yeah. then, then right. it ain't going to happen. Well, for me, it's um, it, it starts first with c- making the commitment to the team. And, you know, when when I started, I call it reengineering or reinventing mm-hmm. the team. Uh, I've been there that personally in the last five years. And guys, I've been leading in Grand Prairie since 1996. So all of us go through this. If you haven't been through it, kudos to you. If you've been avoiding it, you know, pull up your, pull up your bootstraps and get going. Um, but I had to relook at, doesn't mean I was leading poorly, but I had to relook at with the, what do I want this to look like in the future? What is it not? And what do I want it to be? Um, and it's just a matter of tweaking. Um, and, and it came down to assessing <clears throat> at the time, this is, this is, better than three, three to five years ago. But, you know, I had to look at where do I want to, where do I want to go? Um, and then in the last few years we had, y'all have heard that had been listening. We had change in leadership at the top, complete turnover at the city manager's office. And so we had new styles, new work. That, and, and that naturally causes change because you just have to change the way you do business based on what the new priorities are. Um, so I'm looking at all those things and saying, what do I want HR to be? first and foremost, to serve others. What do I want that to look like? 
And then we started having strategies and goals organizationally. And that's what started for me, the drive to work down from the organizational mission and goals, setting those with our, with our team and then driving down to the person and the individuals. For me, it's to try to get them to a high performing team concept, which we hadn't really talked about before. Um, Randy, you're the one that really brought that up in my mind as a term. Okay. The concept was obviously always there. I just didn't have a name for it. And you said, you know, I think what I'm hearing you say is you want a high performing team. And I said, yeah, I want to get to that. So I began, began, as we've talked about telling the story, I need to tell the story better. I need to make sure they know this is what I'm trying to achieve and they become part of it. It's not just my vision. It's our vision. And that's where I focused on first. Then I just met with individuals and talked about where do you where do you think you need uh, strength and where are your gaps and what what have you not accomplished that you wish to? And we just kind of started that conversation um, and started identifying that. And then as a leadership team, we met they continue those conversations with employees. And now we always look for opportunities to get them what they want and what they need that will benefit us and benefit them. And that's how, you know, having value and having purpose and make sure they know what that is to the team and to the city, what their role can contribute if done well, that's allowing them to see that is what is key. They have to know their place, their value, and what they personally and professionally can contribute to the good of the group um, that shows, uh, just shows value overall. It gets them connected. We've talked about connections. It gets them connected to what is our overarching purpose. Uh, and, and you play a part in the success of our team to make us high performing and to get there individually so collectively we are unified in our, in our goals that we're trying to achieve. Well, I think you're, you're a perfect illustration though, because you're, you're a natural spark plug. I'm hoping and thinking based on what my mentor told me years ago, I'm kind of a natural spark plug. That doesn't mean that we don't lose spark. That's right. Cause when I entered your life, you'd lost, you were, you may not have lost your spark. There was oil covering my spark plug. You were, you were, you were, you were, you were, you were, lo- you were losing it. You were losing That's it. Right. You were losing it fast. And I don't bring that up to, to throw that in your face, but I bring it up because from my perspective, it really enhanced your leadership as you started doing what you've just described to us with your team. Here's a person spark plug has a, has a, a negative spark plug moment is in a midst of, of a spark plug chapter. Chaos that, is what I that, called it. Yeah. That, that ain't so great. And now is coming out of it. And people see this, people are exposed to this. We can, we can say, well, you know, the kids don't know mom and dad are fighting and fussing. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. The kids know everything. The employees, they, they know way more than you think they know. So to see her come out of it and then to have these kinds of conversations and now for her to tell this story, which is, was a large part of what we did initially in our work together to, to convey to these people, this is who I am. This is what I am. This is what I'll, I'm in charge of this department 
And it wasn't playing a boss card nope. as much as it was playing a leadership card is this is how we're going to roll. That's right. This is my parade. This is how I'm going to lead. She was the drum major. This is how we're, we're going to roll this parade. And sooner than later, from my recollection, you, you got buy-in. Not all of it was genuine. Most of it was. Right. But you had, you had at least some people that may have put on the front that they were buying in, but you learned later, okay, they're not, they're not buying in. They're telling That's you right. what you want to hear That's kind right. of a thing. But I, I think with that, this whole spark plug conversation being a high performing individual, part of a high performing team, I think being able to make that conversion because Ben, you absolutely did. I mean, you did rock star work from my opinion in, I mean, the shift, well, you just would have had to have been there. I mean, there's no way for us to properly convey. I don't think to the audience and I'm not trying to, to magnify It's not like it was just horrific, but from Lisa's perspective, it was horrific compared to the standard that she sets. But man, you talk about going from here to here and she did the work and had she not done the work for these people, they would not have experienced it. They wouldn't yeah, have it was a, to... it was a definite, it, it was, it, you know, this, this whole, sh as you call it, the shift, the whole, whole shift is critical to our listeners because each of you may, may be in that place. You may feel there's something wrong. You may know there's something wrong. You can't put your finger on it, but I would tell you, you don't have to stay there. Uh, we've done a recording on, it is a chapter. You must move through it. You must have the confidence in yourself. Uh, you know, one of the things that that I had done personally, and it's different for each person. This is when I tell you these examples, these are things that work for me with what I know I have above me. So it's critical that you understand your relationships and those where you are at today, because what I'm what Randy and I share may not be exactly what you need in this moment, right? It may be a component of it. So you have to make it yours. We always talk about leaning into yourself leaning into who you are um, and make that the best version, but just make sure your story is heard. And my first commitment was to my team. I didn't ask for help. I didn't. Cheryl, thank goodness, Randy knew you, knew of you and committed to getting me some strength. You know, I call it, it's not exactly the same, but I do call it, it's bench strength. I didn't have bench strength. I needed, a, I needed somebody to listen and provide clarity. I didn't want answers except from me. I wanted my answers, but you helped me explore what is it that's driving you mad, that's depleting you, your energy, your, you know, I was exhausted. Well, as a leader, just, you've got to get your spark back. If, you, that's if right. you're losing your spark and I you cannot possibly that, lead them well, if you think you're going to, if you think you're going to influence somebody in your team to higher performance, good luck with all that. You That's better right. invest in yourself and you better get yourself in shape. No, listen, my work, my work with Lisa, my work with anybody, I, I, I am not a pundit. I am not, this is, this was her life. These were her. You weren't decisions. telling me how. No, I, I'm just the guy that, you know, kind of getting some of the oil off the plug so you could get your spark back, you know, That's right. 
You and did. it was an amazing, it was an amazing relationship because at that moment in my life, I was like, literally, we talked about the captain, captain of a boat. I mean, that's how we were trying to boil it down to something I could wrap my head around. And he said, you were walking around on the ship trying to plug holes with your 10 fingers and your 10 toes and another four sprout. As soon as you get one finger in the hole, there's four more and it's going down. You know, I mean, it was that the clarity and I'm like, I don't want it to go down. I don't, I want to, I don't want to just plug the holes. I want to fix the deck. Right. Um, so we kind of started about with it. you. It started right. with you as the spark plug. I had, I, I knew, I knew I had it in me. It was just, I was exhausted. And, and so we kind of broke it down one thing at a time. As you talk about this culture of any organization is shaped by the worst behavior the leader will tolerate. So I had to start going, what is going on that is not meeting what I expect in a teammate and a team member and as a team as a whole. And I'm not and saying I that had to start true attacking your, that. I'm not saying this is true in your position, but right. it could be that the worst the worst thing that you're tolerating is yourself. That's right. Sometimes That's right. we have met the enemy and he is us. The good news is that can all be fixed. That's right. If you figure it if out. If you choose it. Again, we yeah. talk about you you were in control of you. That's right. I was in control of me. And so in in those moments, you know, what I did and what you can do is I told, I literally went to my team, gathered them around, and I said, this is not good, and this is not going to continue. This is what I'm building. This is what I expect. I want a high-performing team, and this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. You were either in with me or you're not, and you make the choice. And I laid out what we were going to do, and I said, I will get us through this. It was a commitment. And I said it that strongly. I will get us through this. It will be better, but I need people that want to go through this journey. If you don't want to go through the journey, because there are going to be pain points, there's, there is going to be stretching. There is going to be things that are bumps that, okay, well, that didn't go well. Let's, let's reinvent that too. And I said, and I don't know what the future holds. All I know is I will get us through this and we will be better on the back end. You got to commit to me. You're in the journey with me. You're on this marathon and we're taking one step at a time to get to the end of the, however many miles are in a marathon, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's a haul. I don't know. Yeah. 26 points. Look at something. me. I don't run marathons. I know. I don't run either. Uh, but anyway, the point, the point being immediately the team, I knew exactly who had my back. And who didn't? Yeah, that's what because I was they verbalized ask. it and came to my office. They either gave me, you know, and this is HR. So well, you, know, you saw it, and you saw it in behavior, and you, you don't have to name names, but no, but the names that the names that rose to the top were you surprised by any of them? Of course, yeah, there were some that um, that you know Stepped may have had challenges. Know, in you the, didn't know yeah. they had it in them. They had challenges in the past, and uh -huh. they said, "I am on board. I do not want to keep doing this." I am on board. I will change. I will do what we need to. I got you. I got your back, you know, and, and I, and I said, the slate is now clean. We are moving forward as it's a new day. Um, the past is the past. Let's move on this journey together. And those that committed are still with me to this day and they will fiercely go into battle with me. Fiercely. Well, because, because they've already been through this battle with you. So they know That's what right. that looks like. And I think and we persevered. Yeah, I think I think it's important in our leadership to recognize that we've got 
the spark plug, the spark plug syndrome has got to start with us. If it doesn't guess start what? with us, then it's a bad deal. You know, for, for us and our team of 14, including me, so mm-hmm. 13 team members lost four, lost four that were not in that journey with us, um, whether by choice or by force, they are not with the team anymore. And we are so, we are so great because of it. And we, every hire we make now, it's there about were four fit. weenie rows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's about fit and it's about, that's right. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I look for the per y'all have heard me before those longtime listeners, willingness and attitude are two things you cannot build in somebody. It must be, it must exist. They must have those two. Those are my non-negotiables. I check for attitude and willingness. You got those um, where I can teach you the skills. I can teach you about HR. I just need to know you have the the willingness to learn and the drive to perform um, and do well by our team. And that's what we focus on when we hire. And that was a hard sell, you know, because there's moments you need skills. And Cheryl and I had... Cheryl, my boss, had deep conversations about this um, and and dialogue. And it was it was very healthy dialogue. And I said, Cheryl, I need fit. And she goes, no, you need skills, <laughs> you know. And there were moments she was right. And there were moments I was right because there were moments I didn't have any skills. And I didn't have when I mean, we were hemorrhaging is what I call it. We were half staffed, right? Literally half staffed. We had six people out of, tw- out of 13. Well, we have 13 now, but 12 at the time we got a new position. So I agree with her. There were moments I had to have skill because I literally no longer had time to teach and I needed them coming in with some level of knowledge and philosophy that was critical in that learning curve. The rest of them I hired for fit and said, I am looking, I made them very descriptively. How do you do this? How do you, you know, it was not about how long have you done class comp? How many how long have you been a benefits administrator? How long have you done AP processing? I didn't even ask those questions. I trusted my team. If they got to me for the interviews, I trusted them. They had vetted the skills. They knew they were capable of either learning it or doing it, even if they hadn't done it before, but they were capable. Beyond that, it was willingness and attitude. And and we have an absolutely amazing rock star team now. I can't even tell you a gap. I mean, honestly, I cannot tell you a gap because each of them brought something unique, valuable to the table that we didn't have on the team, whether it's eagerness, whether it's a specific skill, a specific trait, um, positivity, every every hire we were like, okay, that brings something we don't have. That's what we need to balance us and make us stronger as a unit moving forward. So each person we no longer focused on what we didn't have and what we, what was um, the best way I can explain it is I always look for somebody to bring another strength to the table where we don't have that creativity, marketing skills, you know, things that you think about in HR. Well, you, you need to know how to do benefits administration. Well, I do, but that's not the personality. I, what I, the personality I'm looking for is who's willing to serve. Who's willing to hear the retirees when that's the only person they have to talk to, yeah. right? That makes them feel like it's a family. Right. Um, so those are the things we now hire for. And we have a rock star team. Now, did, did it take longer? Is there a pain point in training? You bet. It takes them six months now for us to train, train them up, 
But what we also learn is when we can train them and they don't have background, guess what? They are like a sponge absorbing every ounce because you gave them a chance. Yeah. And we have heard that over and over with the people that we've hired. Thank you for just giving me the chance to prove myself, even though I didn't have the skills. Well, you can uh, spend time background training. You, would you, hope can, for. you can spend time training or you can spend time trying to untrain. And that's right. It's way harder to untrain, at least in my experience. Well, it does bring up a point. In, in all of that conversation uh, that came to my mind, the difference between motivation and inspiration, you know, you often hear leaders talk about, you know, well, I, I really need to motivate my people. And I just, I don't see it that way. I see motive. I define motivation as the energy the person brings with them to do the work. They've either got that or they don't to your point. I mean, they've either got the willingness to get out of bed or they don't. That's and right. I don't know that I can do a whole lot about that. You know, if they don't bring enough energy with them to do the job, then how am I going to, I mean, other than give them a, you know, four hour energy drink, I don't know what I can do now. We, you know, can, in- we can inspire them. And yeah. as a spark plug, I think there's the role. The role is we can inspire. That doesn't mean pom poms. It doesn't mean just cheerleading. It could be if that's your personality, like that's not my personality. You know, mine is more, mine is more having a real deep conversation with somebody and expressing tremendous belief in their ability to get this done or to step up and do this better. That's my gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting. And you talk about motivation. That's, that's honestly one of the questions I always ask. I said, what motivates you to do a good job every day? And that question, you would be amazed at the answers you get that clearly that their answer immediately defines whether we're going to hire or not hire. Because you can get everything from, well, I just need to be paid fairly. Okay, that's a red flag. We all want to be paid fairly. But when that's your number one motivation, guess what? You're comparing yourself to how everybody else is paid. And that's what makes your decision. You know, I mean, there's just simple, there's simple things. When they say, you know what? I've just got internal optimism. I, I look forward to coming and contributing every day. I just want to do a good job. I want to do well by you, by well by the company. Well, then you're like, okay, they've got the cult, they've got the perspective that fits our culture. Yeah, we don't ask the skills. I don't. I just don't ask the skills questions. Uh, I'm all about what do you bring to the table? Why are you leaving your current employer? Yeah. If they go on about their boss and how horrible it is, and because it may be that, mm-hmm. but it immediately tells you perspective and and knowing your audience and knowing what you should and shouldn't do from a judgment standpoint, what you should say in an interview. Gosh, that tells a lot about a person and how, how they fit with what you're trying to achieve. We ask a lot of questions that they have to, you know, my favorite, what are you a pen or a pencil? And they're like, well, I've never been asked that before. I said, good. Are you, what are you? (laughs) And, you know, I think one of the best answers I had gotten at one point that we get all kinds of stuff was, uh, I'm an erasable pen. And I said, do those still exist? And they're like, they do, but here's why, you know, and they told me, and they're like, man, I, I'm solid in my beliefs, but if somebody gives me a new way or a different way to do things, I may need to go back and erase that and reset. And I thought it was an absolutely yeah, it's good. excellent answer like of, you know, I'm set and I, I know what I know, but if there's a better way and somebody identifies it, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to rewrite that, you yeah. know? So it was just an interesting. Better, better than being a Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. Not, I'm doing it this way and this way. Alone. Right. right. You know? Well, but fit is so important. 
I go on Amazon to get this new plug for our mower. I don't know how many sizes of spark plugs there are. I'm not that guy, but there's a bunch. I mean, there's all, I mean, there's so many different kinds of spark plugs. So you can be a spark plug. I could have gotten a spark plug that was a perfectly fine spark plug, but it wouldn't fit my mower. Yeah. I mean, which it, does, it, you no good. No, it happens. I tell people pretty regularly. So Ron and I are coming up on our 45th wedding anniversary. I'm hoping by now that, you know, I'm, she's I'm, well trained, Randy. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm hoping that I'm the perfect. I'm hoping that I, 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 I'm the perfect husband for her. Okay. Let's tap the brakes on perfect, but you know what I mean? You're a good fit for her, but no, but I know that I wouldn't have been a good fit for countless millions, you know, so it's not, a, this isn't a, this isn't a human worth conversation we're not talking and i think the audience knows that but it probably should be said here we're not making a judgment on somebody's worth as a human being but that right. doesn't mean that they're a good fit for your organization or that they ought to be be part of your team and for this whole spark plug management kind of a conversation that we're having and trying to be a high performing team and increasingly that is that is a recurring theme here and will continue to be because it is just so, so, so important. We want high performing teams and high performing teams don't exist until we have high performing culture and high performing culture doesn't exist until we've got a leader who is willing to accept responsibility for their own ability to be the spark plug. That's because right. When Lisa started leaning into what she could do herself, now, to be fair, she never pointed fingers. She did not blame anybody. She took full responsibility. The conversation that I, I sometimes have to have with clients of, are you, are you willing to accept responsibility for everything? That was not, that was not even a conversation that you and I really much had to have because right. she just did being true to who she is as a spark plug, but you as a leader until you are willing to accept full responsibility and until you're willing to put in the work that you need to do to grow great and recognize you're the leader, you're the spark plug, you're showing everybody the way you've got to lead by example. And we're asking our people, if we're a good leader every day, we're challenging our people in caring ways to get better. That's right. We're not satisfied with just status quo. It's not fair for us to expect somebody else to be a spark plug for them to grow, for them to improve. If we're not willing to do that first ourselves. That's right. And, and make sure, you know, one of the, the pieces and the components of this is if you have a spark plug and they come to you and they need your support and assistance, you, you have to be invested in them and believe in them to get that done and provide guidance and advice and support because they cannot do it without you. You know, one of the things after I committed to my team independently, I immediately went up to the city manager and my deputy city manager and said, this is what I'm doing. I have got to have a hundred percent of your support because this is going to be, this is going to be a long haul and there are going to be bumps and bruises along the way, but I must have your support. You need to know what I'm trying to achieve 
and I, I have to have it. And, and they both committed. I said, what you have seen in the past is not what it's going to be in the future. And this is a shift. And, um, you know, and I was tearful because I, you know, my main thing is I didn't want to let them down. I said, I do not, I do not want to let you down. I believe in myself. I need you to believe in me. And I, this talks about the the culture and the people we have here. I remember Steve died looking at me and he said, I have never lost faith in you. I have 100% faith and have had it. It has been unwavering that you will do what you need to do. And you've got my support. I mean, so not only did he confirm, I didn't, I never doubted you, but he confirmed that you got this and I've got your back too. And it was, you know, it gives you a sense of relief just in the moment of going and Cheryl, of course, did the same thing, but she says what all her question was, what tools and resources do you need to make this happen? You just let me know and we'll do everything we can to get you the tools and resources you need. Um, and so as we went through that conversation, it was always, it was never of what do you need? What do you need me to do? It was never that question. It was okay. Now what can I do for you now? What, what do you need? What resources do you need now? to help you accomplish that. And that was always her, um, her position. And, and they have led by that premise. They have, they are my spark plugs. They are keeping the engine clean and running and supporting me to make sure my mower runs and gets done what I need to do. And all the components, my team of that mower are firing on all cylinders. Right. So, when the shift happened for you, be yeah. so before you had these one-on-ones that you described, as we kind of wind down and put a bow on this episode, describe, describe, describe that feeling, describe anything that, that you want to. So you go, you go from exhaustion to a few epiphanies along the way, because we do have those mm-hmm. there's clarity. And, and now you're, you're expressing this stuff to your team. I mean, what, what was different before and after? I think for me, um, one of the things I did, we've talked about the value of surveys before. I just, I asked, what did, what do they need that we haven't been doing? That was one of the big questions. What do they need that we haven't been doing? And we identified several things very, I call it very low hanging fruit, very easy it was just doing more team building more because it were also all this happened in the middle of COVID when we can't physically be together, mm-hmm. which caused a, its own set of issues. So I had to figure out ways to get collaboration and connectivity in a world that didn't exist, you know, before zoom and before teams, we didn't have any of those. We just didn't have any of those. We had to learn them probably like many of you did, but Ultimately, what I would say is as I had the one-on-ones, it was so important not to discount what people are telling you that they value. I think it, it's kind of sometimes can be easy to go, okay, well, you want a breakfast. We're not going to do a breakfast every day. I'm not going to bring you donuts. You know, um, I, I don't, I can't do feel goods every day. I can't, you know, when you start discounting, all I did was listen and document and then I started seeing a theme and then we did the survey and it was, it was just really simple. They wanted, they wanted to connect. They're like, I just miss connecting with people. I don't know what, what we identified for those listening. We all knew our individual jobs 
there was not a sense of unity. There were all, we all have a purpose in what we're doing together. So my job was connecting all these dots, having a, like I mentioned earlier, a common mission, a common goal, where you have value and communicating that story. This is what we are trying to achieve. You have a key part in that. I cannot do it alone, but I will lead us through that. So we become that as a yeah, I remember being intrigued though, that coming out of those one-on-ones, it wasn't your, the, the epiphany wasn't like, oh, you know, there's this monumental boulder. Yeah, we need 10 new positions. Yeah, or... there's this monumental thing that we have to accomplish. It was like. No, it was connectivity. They wanted to hear from me more. These are pretty simply solved kind of things if I would just just focus on them. They said, we don't ever hear from you much. They wanted me to help with more training. They said, your training and your wisdom are invaluable to us. Uh, It was just really. We need the spark plug. We don't have our spark plug. (laughs) Well, that's the point. That is the point. You know, tag, you're it. As a leader, you are it. You got it. So it was really, you know, I just, the, the main point, Randy, I would say is number one, as a leader, listen to your people. Don't take one off comment as this, what you need to focus on. But if you're getting five, you know, out of your 15 people, if you're getting five comments that are similar on what they need, I'd probably listen to that and figure out how do we do that better. Next, don't be on an island. You are not the sole determiner of of what you're going to do. You need to get buy-in and engagement. These were the things that came up. They need to know that they were heard. This is what I heard you say. What's the priority here? And we went through a flip chart that easily and said, here's all the things that I I heard. And I, of course, didn't make it personal. I just said, here's the things I heard. What's most valuable to you that we need to work on first? And we went through those things. The survey helped identify how they felt valuable and where they felt HR stood to the organization. I asked, how do you think HR is perceived? We hit on those things. How do we change perception that you believe exists? Then we ultimately did a customer survey. And then we went one-on-one to the departments and said, this is what we heard from you. What can we do better as a number one? Um, And so many people said, HR did great. Even short-staffed, your service didn't waver. But what we get is no a lot. We need to feel more supported. You know, we understand the rules, but hear us out more. So we're doing a lot more of that. And that all comes down to just listening, listening to your customers, which are your team at times and your peers um, and your neighbor in the department sitting right next to you. They become your cert- your customer at points. Listen, make an action plan and get buy-in from your team to do it together so that everybody knows we're in this, we have value and they are serving a purpose for the common good. Those things can change a culture and shift it, but you must persevere and keep it organized and have a plan that they know about. Those are the main things I would suggest. We appreciate you clicking play. We appreciate everybody in the audience. The website is growgreat.com. Whatever we've, we've talked about, if there's links, then we'll put them in the show notes. I just got one call to action and then we'll say good night. And that is sign up for the email newsletter. This is an easy way for you to get any episodes. You get one email a week. It's a link to whatever episodes we would have posted the week before. So it's just an easy way to make sure that you don't miss any shows. And, and we share. appreciate you. Yeah. Share, share. share them with your organization and your leadership team. Um, and hopefully we can continue spreading information that could be helpful. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great. 
the City Government Leadership Podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.